Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. And on today's podcast, episode 140, my wonderful guest, Nancy Boss, is telling us all about the best-selling book, Singing Through the Change, Women's Voices in Midlife, Menopause, and Beyond. And she is sharing the exciting details about the Global Summit Celebrate Singing. Our podcast technology expert, Takenya Battle, is sharing her favorite online collaborative platforms and how she uses them to enhance her lessons. And my good friend, yoga meditation teacher and therapeutic counselor, Steve Farrell, is sharing strategies for all of us with body awareness, online learning, online platforms, and enhancing your teaching toolbox right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you, and welcome. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. My name is Nikki, and I am uh, I am excited to share a really great show with you. Before we get started, I want to check in. How are you doing? How are you hanging in there? I I know that uh, I know that I'm I'm enjoying more sunshine as the weather starts to warm up. We're in spring here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and the weather's starting to warm up. We still today wasn't as warm as I would like it to be. I didn't wear the proper coat. This is where this is where I always the springtime is so confusing. Do I wear the winter coat, the spring coat, the rain coat. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm so hopeful. And you know, I, I've been uh, seeing on the socials, uh, all my friends getting their vaccines. And I'm so, I'm so hopeful. I know that we're going to get to sing together again very soon. And I'm, I'm so hopeful for that. It's been a very long and stressful year. And uh, we've, we've been really trying hard here at Full Voice Music with the podcasts and with all of our resources to make teaching easier and to give you strategies and to give you resources that allow you to enjoy uh, your your work. So I hope that you can take advantage of it. Now, I wanted to take a moment. I got a wonderful email and I can't tell you I'm beyond grateful when I get these and, and I, I don't take them lightly and um, I probably read them 300 times and I smile. And you know, there are days, friends, I'm just being very, very honest here. There are days where I too am tired and I think, why? I don't think anybody's listening to my podcast. Why do we bother? It's so much work. But when I get emails like this, I, I am I am rejuvenated and I'm inspired. So uh, this is from Laura um, from the UK. So she says, Dear Nikki, I'm a singing teacher and singer from Birmingham in the UK. Thank you so very, very much for all the support you've been giving. I discovered your resources before the pandemic and found them so useful. This year, your podcast has fueled me and given me inspiration when I really needed it in my teaching. I have an eight-year-old who is possibly the biggest fan of your resources. She adores singing spaceships and pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn in particular. I've learned so much from you and I am very grateful. You've made my teaching life much more comfortable. All the very best, Laura. 
Laura, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to write those words. Uh, this this means so much, and um, thank you. And I also want to thank you for holding space and making your little eight-year-old smile and have fun while she's she's learning about music and her voice. And, you know, there's one thing I, I responded back to Laura, and I said, you know, one of the things that I love about working with young singers is that their willingness to play, their willingness to have fun. And for the, for the younger ones, their willingness to just be a kid. I know that one of the challenges in my studio is when my little ones want to sing really mature music and it's, it's awkward and it's, it's, I, I understand it's part of growing and that, that's how they want to express themselves, but it can be challenging. So Laura, thank you. Thank you for these kind words. And, um, uh, and I do hope that you are keeping well and uh, that you'll continue to enjoy our resources. Now, the other uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, for those of you who are in the United Kingdom or for those of you that require crotchet-friendly resources, and I just want to tell you, <laughs> I always tell my singers um, when we're doing theory and when we're learning about quarter notes, I always will give them, hey, fun fact, do you know that in some places in the world, like the United Kingdom and Australia, they don't call them quarter notes? And then I tell them all the words and we laugh and laugh. Anyhow, um, we have uh, we have created uh, our full voice workbooks and uh, the vocal studies for kids and sight singing superhero are all available uh, within a U k version so they are crotchet and quaver friendly the full voice workbooks the uk versions are available on amazon so if you are looking for crotchet and quaver i love saying that crotchet and quaver friendly resources uh we we've got you covered so just make sure you check those check those out now without further ado let's bring on our wonderful guests my returning guest is Nancy Boss. Now, Nancy was on podcast number 41. That was a few years ago. And when I first talked to Nancy, she was telling everybody about her new book, The Teen Girls Singing Guide, a wonderful resource for young women. But Nancy has partnered with Kate Fraser Neely and Joanne Bozeman, and their best selling book. Singing Through the Change, Women's Voices in Midlife, Menopause, and Beyond has been such a welcome resource in our industry. Now, I'm so happy to talk to Nancy. She's going to be telling us a little bit about her story, about the book, where you can get it, and of course, a very exciting global summit called Celebrate Singing. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend and former guest on our show, Nancy Boss. How are you? Hey, Nikki. It is so good to be here with you. It's so nice to see you. It's so nice to catch up with you. I always I always catch up with my guests before we hit the record button. It's so good to see you. I am so excited. Um, one, I want to talk a little bit about your book. We had Kate Fraser Neely on the show, who um, was talking about your amazing book, Singing Through Change. And uh, it is now a bestseller all over the world. 
women are, are getting some fantastic information about singing uh, as we go through menopause and to go th- into our, our older years as we get up there. And now you have a wonderful online summit called Celebrate Singing, which is going to honor these singers and give them some incredible information. Um, I'm so excited for this. Can you, first of all, I want to tell, I would love for you to tell everybody what the inspiration was for organizing this amazing summit. The book was the inspiration. The book, (laughs) that's an easy one. The book came out on April 16th of 2020. And that's World Voice Day. So the conference is on World Voice Day of 2021. Mm. Uh, and, And it's been an amazing year. If you would have asked me two years ago or three years ago, if I'd be running a conference on women's voices in midlife and beyond, I'd be like, no. (laughs) but what we found since the book came out is there's this this massive need for this information and there's just an extremely specialized few who have the information it helps a ton if you've read the book the 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 singing through change book is packed um with everything that a voice teacher needs to know but there's millions of women singing in the world millions and we have not sold millions of copies of the book (laughs) so there's still a long way to go i want to um just take a moment and personally thank you not only for your book but for your facebook group um because um and we were talking a little bit before we hit record but you know um i was not aware of perimenopause or any of those those things that happen until it happened to me and it it came on very quickly I had very complicated symptoms my life was turned upside down and I have to say that uh, um, having your book having your forum being able to ask questions was so helpful and, um, you know, navigating through uh, the medication that was required prior to a hysterectomy and worrying about my voice. Like you never think about the, the impact on how your voice can be affected and noticing the changes. And I have to thank all of you, um, Joanne and Kate and yourself for creating such a wonderful space for, for teachers, um, not just to ask questions about their students and how we can help our students, but for ourselves. So thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. It was so helpful. And, and I really appreciate your forum. It's just so wonderful. Thank you. I'm, I'm just about to cry hearing you say that. <laughs> Because your story was, is, um, so awful in many ways, and yet not uncommon. And I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't, I've never, I haven't had a hysterectomy. I didn't realize what a massive physical trauma a hysterectomy is. And so when you, you get over it, right? In time, Mm. you're fine. But uh, it's the emotional stories like that. I, I, my own story is so much simpler. Um, I was in denial of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 42, I thought I was 35. When I was 48, I was excited that somebody thought I was 39. And I lived in that world, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you're that old? I thought you were my peer. Oh, yes, yes, I, I am that old. And, and and that makes me that much better than you. And, and then, <laughs> at, at about... 
at about um, what age would have been about 50, um, my period started to slow way down, like Mm -hmm. one every couple of months. Oh my gosh, did she just say period on a podcast? But yes, it's so all good. that's that's one <laughs> that's one of the leading signs that you're heading into menopause. And and frankly, it, that is a symptom. That is not menopause. That is just a symptom of menopause. Is right. that your, your period stop? And then I was singing the best I've ever sung. Like holy wow. cow, this is the voice that I didn't even know that I could make. That I've been trying. It was rich and flexible and supple and fast and the volume was there and the resonance was there. Wow. Yeah, it was it was clearly a surge in estrogen mm. that I didn't know about at the time, mm. but we were researching and writing the book. I was booked to um, sing an oratorio in for Christmas and in October my voice was glorious in November breathing was less efficient like maybe oh. 10% less efficient my mm. volume was greatly reduced i could no longer be heard over the rehearsal piano let alone the pit orchestra that would be there wow yeah which again this was changes to the soft tissue of my vocal tract mm. because that wave of estrogen had receded this wow. is an assumption. I didn't take any hormone measurements. But because I was writing the book, I realized, oh, wait a minute. I haven't had a period for four months. I had this unexpected surge. Now I've fallen off a vocal cliff. Wow. So my director was understanding. And we had a microphone in front of me for the performance. Mm, and um, my personal solution it was not a solution that everyone can take but everyone should investigate and that was hormone therapy the the within three or four days of going on hormone therapy uh, my voice was back to that awesome richness and it hasn't that that it has remained now for for a couple of years Um, but again that isn't a solution for everyone because of cancer concerns Mm -hmm. but for most women for most women hormone therapy is a good idea to to look into for a three to five year stint Oh, that is such a, I'm, I'm thankful that you've shared your story. Um, one of the things that I became very aware of, which I hadn't when I was younger. So I want to, I want to just speak to some of the younger teachers that are listening to this podcast. Although these symptoms might not be yours and you, you, you know, like, and I, I agree with you, Nancy, I was totally in denial about aging. When you work with kids and teenagers all day, you just think that you're a big kid, right? And, um, but part of my studio, so my studio is, is, is children, teens, and then older advocational singers. So, so people that have retired, older people, I would say uh, 55 and up. And I had no appreciation or understanding of what they were going through vocally. And it wasn't until I started to experience some of the the fluctuations and the inconsistencies. And then, of course, with your book and with the forum and listening to other stories, I realized that some of my instruction in my studio might not have been as helpful as it could have been had I been more aware of what an aging singer is going through and what some of the challenges might be. And I, I, I really hope that some of the younger singers will take advantage and, and, and one, have your, your book, Singing Through Change, as part of their pedagogy books, textbooks in their studios. I think, it's, I think it should be in everybody's library um, 
because I know now when I work with my older singers, I have a greater awareness. I can teach more mindfully. We can have conversations about what might be happening. And I have to tell you, that creates such a, a safer space for your students. And I know that they are very thankful for that. And, and, I, and it's helped me as well. So, so thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate you saying that. I, and I also appreciate that you've just differentiated between the midlife menopause and the aging voice because mm-hmm. it's two different issues. Right. Uh, by the time a woman goes through menopause and when she's done, her voice settles down and now you're dealing with aging voice issues. And we were the the first book to, or the first anything actually to separate those two. Uh, but I will say that... Um, this is this is rare knowledge. We have only yeah. had this knowledge gathered together for a year. Yeah. And I'm with you. I would have I have regrets. I mean, I was motivated, you know, by by people at wow, that woman literally can't sing above a D five and right? we try everything we could and we didn't know why. And and I would ask out on the on the voice forums and all I'm sorry. All the responses would be from men, mostly men, saying, well, have you tried howls? Have you tried, you know, straw phonation? Well, yes, 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 yes. What's going on? Um, and uh, regarding the book, the permission that it gives uh, if a student sees the book has mm-hmm. been a gift to male teachers. Because mm-hmm. when, when men hear uh, Kate or Joanne or I give a talk, at the end of the talk, the question is almost always, how could I possibly bring this up with my older female students? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And we've heard time and again that if that book is on the top of the piano or the keyboard or invisible in the Zoom screen so that the woman sees it, then she's perhaps going to start that conversation herself. Mm-hmm. Or it gives the teacher the opportunity to say, I've been reading this book, and I know this has nothing to do with you, but this is really fascinating stuff. I wonder if you know anybody that should have this information or something. And then that opens that door for that student to start accepting because what we do as women generally is accept blame on ourselves that we are responsible for something going wrong. Oh. And we, yep, we either yeah. shut down, you know, mm-hmm. which causes much muscle tension or we power through, which mm-hmm. causes muscle tension. And so you're finding with these older women and a lot of uh, compensatory tension and it, it needs to be addressed. Oh, so helpful. So helpful. Now, can't so let's talk about celebrate singing the global the first global summit for women singers in midlife and beyond now you have you have organized quite the lineup can you give everybody an overview of the event absolutely that if there was well, the title, Celebrate Singing, is the overview. Because it's so easy to think, oh, all these things are going to go wrong. Actually, the final presentation of the entire weekend is a woman named Dr. Abby Booth Burke, whose talk and Q&A and exercises afterward are called Choose Joy. Mm. Our voices as women will change. For some of us, it will be challenging. For some, it won't. But no matter what, on the other side, we need to celebrate what we've got. Part of that celebration is understanding it. So we've got Dr. Rina Gupta, who is a laryngologist, who will be speaking about the voice of an athlete. And we've got Dr. Lori Sonnenberg, uh, not doctor, I'm sorry. And we've got the SLP, Lori Sonnenberg, speaking on 
vocal anatomy and tools that you can use to get through it. Aside from me and Kate and Joanne speaking, um, Petra Borzinski is going to be speaking on mindset. Sarah Witten is going to be showing us some yoga things that are spectacular for women this age group. Doctors Kat and Andrew Day are naturopaths who are going to be talking about um, the physical changes that all women go through, where Pamela Melo is a nutritionist, a dietitian, who's going to talk about optimizing our diet. Like, okay, what are the basic, simple things? Cut the crap. I'm not selling a program. Nothing like that. Pamela is just going to give us, like, this is what you need to know about diet for this age. And then... My second favorite part, aside from Dr. Abby Booth Burke's um, Choose Joy, is going to be entertainment because you can't have a conference without a party, Agreed. right? Yeah. Right. So, so the the conference runs April sixteenth, which is a Friday. April seventeenth, Saturday, and April eighteenth on Sunday. Unless you're in Australia, then knock that all one day off. And uh, <laughs> but Saturday night, just like any good conference, well, it's actually going to be Saturday noon for me. We're having Jan. Van de Stool perform. Now, Jan has never performed internationally, although she calls herself an international musical therapist who has helped literally dozens of people find their voice. <laughs> and she is hilarious. Oh, how fun. She, yeah, she's, she's an amazing um, comedy character. You'd love her YouTube channel if you get a chance to check her out. So she's going to help us party on Saturday. Oh, what an incredible lineup. Now, I... I was at your website. You have a beautiful, well-written website for this conference. And I'm going to put links, uh, direct links in the show notes. Um, tell everybody about registering and how long can people have access to the materials? Yeah, that's very important because this is a busy time of year for everybody. Absolutely. So people, yeah, might not be able to to make it, but want this information. So the great news is, is that we are putting the Celebrate Singing presentations in a virtual library and everybody who registers will get access to that library through 2021. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, nice long time. The one exception is Dr. Rena Gupta. She's on her her information will only be available for a week, but everybody else will be in there for a for a what is that? 8 months or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of time to soak it in and redo some of them. Yeah. Oh, so so important. Yeah. Now, this uh, this global summit Obviously, it's it's for singers. W- would you say the summit is is more for voice teachers, or would we recommend this summit for, say, some of our students who might be interested? Would that be would it be appropriate for them? Yeah, we want the singers there. Absolutely, okay. we've made two tracks. Um, for instance, on the on the singer track, I'm going to be teaching us uh, singing 101, which is one of my books. And for singing 101, we'll be talking about, okay, let's re-examine how do you breathe now in this body? Uh, how do you use your resonance now in this body with this change? What, what alignment changes do you need to make? So we'll spend some time examining that. Um, another group that I would love to have attend are male SLPs, choral directors, oh, and yes. singing teachers, right? Oh, so, absolutely. I think one of the beauties of a virtual conference is that a person doesn't have to attend every minute of the whole thing. You haven't gone in and booked a hotel room and you have to show up for everything. Exactly. And for the price, which is 145 US, that is a bargain for if you only want to watch two or three of the mm-hmm. sessions. You know, Absolutely. you've paid your paid your time. So yeah. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Nancy, I, I do want to thank you so much for the work that you have done. And please, uh, please share this thank you with, with Joanne and with Kate. The work that you've done is just profoundly beautiful and healing and so needed in our industry. And uh, just, again, from myself and my own experience, but also... I have had some incredible conversations with my students and have been able to give them, um, I, I would say, like a new way of looking at their voices, you know, a new, a new appreciation for the sounds that they make. And, and, and like your Celebrate Singing, I always try to, you know, challenge my singers, like, what are the things that you love about your voice? And what, how do you want to celebrate your voice? And I really want to thank you for all of this work. And I am so excited for the summit. I think it's just going to be fantastic. Um, if you're, if you had to, if you had a student come to you, and they were a little discouraged about their voice, they were struggling with their voice, what would you say to them? That's a great question. But before I answer it, I would like to give that thanks right back to you. I love that we are pedagogy sisters, you know, working on the opposite end of the spectrum. I know, right? <laughs> yep. And I'm so grateful to the community that you've built. Um, hello to all of you out there. And I'm so grateful for the permission that you give people to do what in our hearts we know is right. So thank you for that, Oh, thank you. Yeah. As far as that um, singer who's in a tough place, uh, let's say she's scared and let's say she's grieving because it isn't there and she's afraid that she won't get it back. There's a lot of negative emotions there that need to be acknowledged, right? Yeah, yeah, there is a chance that you won't be the singer that you were before, mm -hmm. especially if you are a classical soprano. Mm -hmm. There is a good chance that that envelope will no longer fit you the magnificent glorious package that you are now you know because <laughs> we get so much more as we age we get you now Nikki and me we can sing from this experience that we've had oh, we can tell the stories like never before so we find the place in our voice that it works the best mm -hmm. but we don't give up on what we used to expect as normal I like to say, accept the change, but don't give up. Mm. Don't give up on increasing your breath support. Don't give up on optimizing your technique. Because your voice has changed, your technique needs to change. And if you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm speaking to your student, the singer who's clearly mm -hmm, standing it. in front of me in my invisible, you know, little studio I'm teaching in right now. Um, if, if you have defined yourself by your 24-year-old's voice, mm -hmm. it is time for you to accept a new definition of yourself. So yes, it's worth it to accept the fear and the grief, but have confidence that we can make this better mm -hmm. and we can perhaps make it better than it's ever been. Oh, so inspiring. Thank you. Where can, where can um, teachers and, and singers find uh, your book? The book is generally available on Amazon okay. all over the world. Um, I think uh, if you don't use Amazon where you are or if like in Australia, not so much, then I think Book Depository is another place to get it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you have issues with Amazon, which I don't, but some people do, then you reach out to studioboss.com 
info at studioboss.com or orders at studioboss.com, either one, and you can order it to be shipped directly to you. Oh, that is so lovely. And where can where can uh, everyone find information for the Celebrate Singing uh, Summit? Yes, that is at celebratesinging.live. Oh, love it. Dot live. Yeah. yeah. Nancy, I, again, thank you so much for popping in and sharing this amazing event. And I, I will, uh, I'm, I was telling you before uh, we hit record, I have, I'm going to be sharing this with my mailing list because I think this is such a great opportunity and um, so many, so many wonderful presenters in this, in, in this summit. I hope that you and I can connect again in the future. Uh, and uh, I am, I am wishing you an amazing um an amazing summit and all the best in, in uh, 2021. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Love you and so much gratitude. I really appreciate it. A very special thank you to Nancy. There are direct links in the show notes and on our podcast page that will take you to the website for Celebrate Singing, where you can register for this incredible online conference. If you are feeling a little overwhelmed with the online platforms and technology that is required for today's lessons, fear not. Our technology expert, Takenya Battle, is back with some great online collaborative resources and how she uses them with her studio. Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, my tech savvy expert, Takenya Battle. How are you? I am doing way, way, way well, given the circumstances. I know that when your listeners hear this, they may be <laughs> laughing at what we're going through, but um, I'm laughing now because we're good. Okay, so for anybody that is uh, listening to this at time of release, uh, you're in Texas and you guys have snow. Snow? Who the thunk it? Snow has taken out our entire state. Snow and ice oh. has paralyzed. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, I'm I'm I want to thank you for for uh, trudging through the snow and still being able to talk to me. Um, uh, and you you always bring such a great. Uh, great information about technology. And as everybody in our industry knows, technology is so important. Whether you're teaching online, whether you're teaching in person, technology is just part of our lives. But it can be overwhelming. And I have to say, I love your website, keyofeasy.com. To Kenya, that's brilliant. Like, I want Key of Easy. Yes, please. I mean, who doesn't want to teach in the key of easy? Life is hard enough as it is. And if there's anything that we can do collaboratively Mm. to help one another out, it's not like this information is hidden. It's just that sometimes we just don't know. So if there's anything that I can share that makes it easier for someone else so they don't have to spend the hours and just like some, you know, some of that stuff just mm, it's not kosher, so to speak. So if I can get rid of some of the junk and kind of clear the path for people to find what works best for them, that's what I'm here to do. I love that. And I think that's it's so true. Sometimes we just need somebody to hold our hand and walk us through step by step. And then we can usually find our ways. So the work you're doing is so so important 
I thank you kindly. Our topic today, um, we're talking about collaborative platforms for music comp- uh, composition. So let's let's dive into that because I think there's a lot of teachers that are teaching composition and could really use a leg up with some new technology. Oh, absolutely. So there are some, some cool platforms out there. If you want to be able to work with your students at the same time, if you want to be able to reach your students as long as they have an internet connection, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, you might want to check out. These are my are like my top three at mm-hmm. the moment. These are things that I'm using daily as I instruct my students okay. for both piano and vocal instruction. So the one that I, that I use most often is Musico, M-U-S-I-C-O dot I-O, Musico.io. Okay. And this is what I love about Musico. So for my vocal students, I'll, I'll record a track specific for them mm-hmm. or I'll uh, license a track to use and I'll have them sing to that track. And then they have to figure out how to add the harmonies to that track. So they're oh. creating something based off of a, you know, they, they had a backing track or something to help them out to get them started. Sure. So musical is what I'm using almost every day with my students, especially okay. my vocal students and my piano students. So musical, you can also export that MP3 that they've recorded and you can take it and further manipulate it somewhere else. So if you're familiar with Logic or GarageBand wow. or, or um, Pro Tools, if you're using all those heavy DAWs, mm-hmm. then this is something that you can use. Um, One way that I'm using it right now for my vocal students is they are all singing the same song, but not at the same time. Right. (laughs) And I'm pulling that MP3 from each individual student's track and I'm going to cut cut them up together so it sounds like we're all together but oh we're not. cool so you can do you can do like editing and and put it all together oh that's a helpful tip I'm just like why didn't I do this sooner now, musical musical is that like a, a is it an online platform it is an online platform so this is accessible as long as you have an internet connection you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it being compatible with iOS blah 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 or an Android right. you know as long as they can get on the internet they can find this and I can honestly say that the fact that I had musical already set up for my students who didn't have internet connection I still have students who don't have power mm-hmm. I was able to send out one little email and said hey y'all if you can't get online and if you don't have internet at your convenience go and do one of the lessons that I've posted for you so oh. I'm able to carefully cultivate curated content <laughs> for my students and make it more personalized a more personalized experience for them oh that is that is such a great tip. So musico.io. All right. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm going to put links And the customer service is amazing. Because, oh, you know, when I have questions, I don't know everything. I'll ask and they answer. I love that. Okay. What other collaborative platforms are you, uh, you going to tell us about? Soundtrap. Soundtrap. Mm-hmm. And okay. Bandlab. These, again, are two web-based platforms that allow you to, up, again, upload some MP3s and let your students have at it. So this has been, I'm really learning more about the process of how my students are singing. Mm-hmm. I'm able to like more finely tune in and listen to like, oh, oh, that baby's not 
singing that vowel properly. I can tell. I hear the strain and the stress. Or, oh, nice. And then I'm able to correct after I've listened to what they've done. And then, like, you hear that they've done something even more. You, you know, they'll do this whole creative. They go off on a whole nother tangent. Mm. And I, I think it's really cool. I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have thought to do that. And <sighs> they're doing stuff that I'm not even thinking of. And they're like, yeah, it's so all I did was this. I'm like, wow. I'm like I, mind blown. I love these babies that, are doing it. I know. I love that you brought that up because it's true. I, I, we may be the ones that are are struggling and trying to figure out the the online technology, but our students are so savvy and they're not afraid of it and they're willing to kind of play around with it. Uh, my students do that to me too. They show me things and I'm like, I did not know that. And and they like that moment, right? Where they get to be a bit of a teacher and I love giving them that moment. Um I'm well, I have I have I have no shame anymore. It's like, if you can teach the teacher something, kudos to you. But you're right. They are super savvy. I just love turning it right back around on them. And sometimes I'm kind of playing the role of, oh, I don't know. What are we supposed to do? Sing H? I'm like, there's no H. You know, <laughs> I, you know I'll play into it a little bit with them. But sure. sometimes they genuinely introduce me to new artists and, and new oh, songs. Yes. And just I'm just like, what? Like, I'm here for it. I, you know what, that is one of the things this past year, I, I, as part of their warm up, because we couldn't play with them anymore, I said, you know, for your warm up, just bring in a song that's that you love. And you're right, I've learned, I've, I've learned about a whole bunch of new artists and new songs. And I've gotten kind of a better picture of what my students are, are into, and what they really are passionate about. And boy, did it ever change the energy of our lessons. And, and, you know, I, I, one of the, one of the benefits of having to go online, it just kind of, you know, we, we kind of started to talk more about what they were interested in. And it was such a game changer. It's totally allowed us to connect with our students in a whole another way. We never saw, you know, who, who saw this coming? Nobody, but (laughs) we've been able to connect with our kids on a whole nother level. And and Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a much more intimate experience that we're having with them. Um, So if there's, and I really do not want to discount any of the heartache and hardships that people are facing in this moment, but if there's been anything positive that's come from the current situation, we've been able to pivot, persevere, and still not miss a beat with our students. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, that's so well put. Awesome. Now, um, with the with the Soundtrap, so it's also an online platform and it's a collaborative place where people can record and 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 what was the what was the other one? I, I missed that. Oh, the other one is Band Lab and Band Lab. they have these loops that they can add. Mm. They can do a little bit of light sound production and, and they learn about EQ and frequencies and they're they're learning how to be their own music production team with oh. something that doesn't cost as much as Logic and it doesn't cost as much as Ableton Live and it doesn't cost, it's free. It's oh. forever free and free is always in my budget. I love that. And for our budding songwriters and like what a great opportunity. And even that in a lesson would be so much fun, you know, working with them together and figuring it out. And it's live. It's like you can be in the project at the same time. Oh. And I'm able to manipulate some things around. Like, let's say they were singing to the track and they were just a little bit behind. And you can kind of nudge things over for them so that 
the track lines up with the vocal mm. and then they're expounding and the, the lyrics are there for them. They can put the lyrics in. So it's just like, they don't have to go everywhere trying to, I don't know what the words are. Yes, you do, baby, because they right here. Click. <laughs> it's right here. I love that. Oh, these are such great uh, new um, platforms. Thank you so much for sharing them. I am going to put, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to, first of all, I'm going to put a link to your website. So anyone out there that really needs some some guidance and is looking for uh, some, some inspiring new technology. And I have to say, to Kenya has a great newsletter. I get your newsletter to Kenya. It's just your energy is so lovely. And it's so nice because we're all, we're all pivoting. We're all changing your energy and your passion for all these these exciting new platforms is just so lovely so do not forget to sign up to kenya's newsletter it's so good and her website keyofeasy.com and i'm going to put a link to musico and soundtrap and band lab i absolutely i'm going to put all those to kenya thank you so much you are our technology expert we shall have you back with more exciting fun technology tips thank you so much thank you nikki girl i'm always here when you need me every day whether you are teaching online or in person students of all ages come to us with different types of energies today my special guest and my good friend steve farrell is going to help us with some strategies for body awareness and movement Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. And well, I'm not going to say former. I just haven't been able to visit you. But uh, mm -hmm. my, my yoga teacher friend, meditation teacher, Steve Farrell, how are you? I am super good. It's been a good day so far. Oh, I always love no major complaints. No major complaints. I love talking to you. You always impart such wisdom and thoughtfulness. And I know that I have taken incredible strategies from our classes into my studio. And I can't thank you enough for that. Um, I want to, can I, can I just read everybody your bio? Sure. For sure. Okay. Okay. So we were talking before we we recorded and when I have a, a, a podcast guest, they, they fill out a form and I ask for power bios so that I can introduce you. I have to say, Steve, this is the best bio I've ever read. It is so wonderfully written and I want to share it because I know that teachers all, all around, we hate writing our CVs or our bios. Like it's the most painful, <laughs> horrible <laughs> thing. Totally. And full disclosure, uh, Sean and I never really argue, but the one time we got into a massive fight was about writing his bio. <laughs> That's how painful it is. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's like the, we had the biggest blowout about like describing what we did for a living <laughs> on yeah. paper. So he, this is Steve's bio. I want to share it with everybody. So Steve Farrell is a yoga teacher, movement educator, author, meditation and mindfulness facilitator, therapeutic counselor, musician, husband to one and father of two and all round funny guy. Steve, <laughs> I love that. It's true. Steve works locally in the Hamilton area as well as nationally and internationally. No matter what setting he is working in, he blends every aspect of his background into a unique 
mindful and playful experience. All of that is so true. And for those of you out there trying to craft a bio, take that, that right there is an amazing bio. Yeah. Well, I I, want to say, yeah, like that's an amazing bio, but I feel the pain of having to write bios in the past, especially like personal bios, or we were talking before about how, like I've been in and out of bands since I was a kid (laughs) and having to do things like write band bios and like, what does your band sound like? I'm like, Oh God, I hate this. Right. This is so terrible. I know. I know. And And I've done, I've done like the the three paragraph bios before and it's just like, they're just too much. Right. Or like your website, you know, trying to convince people to hire you and you want to share all the things, but nobody really wants to read about all the things. They just want certain things. Well, I I, I want to, I'm the opposite is when I read somebody's bio, especially when I'm looking for like a new, I don't know, like meditation teacher to look up or Mm. um, somebody within the counseling world to sort of um, look into what they're doing. I'm always like, who did you study with? What's, Mm. What's the list of all the people and the things that you've done? Okay. But for the I, average person, it's just like, you don't need to know all of that stuff because a lot of people don't even know those names. I, uh, I'm the opposite. As soon as I need white space, as soon as I see lots of paragraphs and lots of letters, I immediately rage, like, <laughs> full on raging. Like, <sighs> you want me to, you want me to take up all my time and discover your entire life? I say no. <laughs> I say no, no to you. <laughs> Anyhow, I wanted I wanted to share that, and I'm I'm so thrilled that you're here uh, today. My question for you is, and our topic today is helping our students, perhaps ourselves, to get more in their bodies, to get more awareness of. You know, I ask my students, "How did that feel?" And the, you know, "Oh, great." You know, and it, I have nothing. That's a good stock answer. I have nothing to, there's nowhere that you can go from there. So I want to talk about um, exploring exercises that really help our students to get inside and to really mm-hmm. be aware yeah. and, and go. And go. <laughs> so um, I know that one of the, one of the things that we've sort of talked about before, um, and I'm going to give two more technically type terms. Uh, one of them is introception, which is, mm-hmm our ability to feel stuff happening inside of us. Mm-hmm. And the other term is extraceptive, which is our ability to tune into feelings that we're having sort of like on the surface of the body or outside of us. Okay. Um, as an example, feeling um, indigestion or how your digestion is working, that would be mm-hmm. an introceptive sensation or like the beating of your heart mm-hmm. or extraceptive extra sensations would be things like feeling how a breeze hits your skin or mm-hmm. how your hair makes contact with the back of your neck or feeling your feet on the ground. Those would all be like outside sensations. Okay. And so there's an exercise that I like to do with no matter who I'm working with. Um, and it's, it starts off by just taking a moment to stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like to do, even when somebody just stands up, is I'll say, just get a sense of your body in space mm. without getting really specific yet. Like, let's just get really general and take a moment just to get a sense that you have a body Um, because I think that some people move throughout their day, which is interesting for me to say as a movement educator, a lot of people move throughout their day and don't even really recognize like explicitly that they have a body Mm. that feels things and is moving. Mm. And so I think that that's a really good key in the beginning. It's just like, just feel that you have a body. 
Mm. Um, there's actually mm. a really wonderful quote from a James Joyce uh, story called The Dubliners. And it's the line is that Mr. Duffy lived a short distance away from his body. Oh, um, And I really love that line because I think that it sort of um, represents about uh, how a lot of us are with our bodies and our culture, that we have a body, but we're so far outside of it. Yeah. Because we're usually stuck in our head somewhere. Not that mm-hmm. our head could ever be outside of our bodies, but right, <laughs> that's the sort of cliche, right? Is I'm stuck in my head and I'm not in my body. And so again, just this idea of being in a standing position, if standing is allowable, so that you could always do this like sitting in a chair, sure. you could do it lying in a bed, which would be fine. But just to initially get a sense that you have a body. So feeling whatever sensations are there. And then if someone especially isn't standing, I'll then gear their attention towards feeling their feet on the ground. Mm. And I like to start outside as opposed to inside Mm. because I feel like that can create some distance from some of the internal stuff that can come up, right? Like if somebody's in a heavy emotional state or a mental state, um, especially as a counselor, it's like if I ask somebody to close their eyes and feel their breathing, that might actually be a big trigger for somebody in that moment. Sure, sure. And so I find it easier to start outside stuff. Mm -hmm. So feeling your feet on the ground and how there's sort of a natural wavering that happens. Even when we're standing still, there's a natural wavering. Mm -hmm. And just to feel how that weight is shifting from the front of the foot to the back of the foot or from the inside of the foot to the outside of the foot. And then to begin to take that external sensation up the body Mm-hmm. So feeling things like um, if you're wearing pants, what is the feeling of your pants touching your skin or a skirt or a dress, whatever. And then working that up into the torso. And then it might even be, <clears throat> excuse me, noticing how when you breathe that your ribs move your clothes, mm-hmm. right? So that would be an outside sensation. And then it might be noticing something to the effect of like when you get to your neck, which is usually exposed for most people, Mm-hmm. Um, that there's a differentiation in sensation from the temperature of your skin that has clothes on it to the temperature of your skin that does not have clothes on it. Mm, yes. And then to be able to just get them to make that, that little distinction. Oh, there's, there's a difference there, right? Warmer where my clothes are, probably colder where my clothes are not. Mm. And then after we do head or sorry, feet to head, then I'll go back down to the feet again And I'll get them to tune into more introceptive stuff, which for me is feeling how muscles contract and release. Mm -hmm. So getting somebody to feel how when they lean in a direction that their feet are going to contract and that we can tune into that. And then working that introceptive quality of the body, feeling how as I lean forward, different muscles in my legs and my hips are going to fire. As I lean back, different muscles in my hips and my legs and my trunk are going to fire. And then even beginning, I might get somebody to like clench their jaw a few times and notice like, what is the feeling of that? Or I'll get them to um, move their tongue inside of their mouth. And like, what does that feel like? Mm. Or if their eyes are closed, was it, do your eyes move behind your closed eyelids, which is also an introceptive sensation. Mm-hmm. And then I just get them to come back into the world from that place of attention. And mm. so f- I think that's a really helpful one. Because if we are stuck in our heads, stuck in our heads as air quotes, mm-hmm. um, if we are stuck in our heads or our minds most of the time, and that's not always the best place to be, the only alternative to that is to go to the body. Mm. So helpful. Okay, I following up on that, one of the things that comes up a lot in studio work um, is is fidgety 
fidgety people, kids and adults who just really struggle with stillness or, or just are constantly, are constantly moving. And I think most teachers now know that that is not an issue that we can work with it, but how do you, how do you support students that are just really all busy and wiggly and, so I take two routes with that, with that okay. one. One is to notice, like what you're saying, is um, that sometimes the movement is actually a self-stimulating behavior. Okay. And that the wiggling around or the rubbing of bodies, that was one thing I saw, you're like sort of rubbing your arms. Yeah, they get like all that. fidgety and they're grabbing yeah, their clothes. Yeah, and sometimes and- that's their way of calming down. Hence, a fidget spinner, right? Mm-hmm. That a fidget spinner gives you something to do in a more condensed and controlled format, mm-hmm. but it's a self-stim tool. Mm-hmm. And to recognize that some kids are self-stimming as a way to not lose their minds. Right. Right? But we... Classically, we've seen fidgetiness as an inability to focus. Mm. But I can say that from a drummer who was probably, probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. is that the tapping was actually a way for me to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's interesting that later on in life, it's something that I notice that I do when I'm getting disconnected from a conversation, is I'll just be tapping on my legs. And it's a good way for me to actually be present. And somebody might take the tapping as me not paying attention. Mm. And I might actually have to explain to them that this is what I do with my body so that I can focus on what you're saying. Mm. And so that's one row is it might be figuring out ways to teach somebody how to do self-stim stuff. Oh, interesting. Self-stim is just a short form for self-stimulation for those. Like, right. I know the short forms are really popular these days. Right? <laughs> like totes. Totes. Fab. Uh, instead of saying totally. Um, but that sometimes we can actually teach self-stimming behavior mm. in ways that are more productive. Nice. Right? So um, teaching kids to tap patterns mm. is kind of cool. Like teaching somebody what a paradiddle is. I love and paradiddles. Can like, yeah. And for those, if, if anybody out there doesn't know what a paradiddle is, it's right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. <laughs> and that's kind of one of my go-tos when I'm, when I'm in conversation, but I start to feel connected is like, for me, paradiddles is very comfortable. Mm. So I just, I paradiddle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like double paradiddles more than single paradiddle. So (laughs) I'm more of a six, eight feel kind of guy. I love it. um, But that's one thing to notice is that sometimes what we're perceiving as a bad behavior or a disconnection is actually someone's nervous system trying to stay connected. Mm. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's a really important thing to recognize. And it might even be something that you talk to somebody about, like, is this do you have a feeling that this is this or do you have a feeling that it's something else, mm. right? And if like, let's say there are moments when um, somebody is feeling like they've just got a lot of energy and it's not a self-stemming behavior. It's just, there's a lot of energy there. Could we figure out something to do with that body to settle it down a little bit so that attention might be easier? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one of the things that I do with my kids and like when I was a kid, And I just recently started doing this over the past, like maybe year or so, especially based on some of the research coming out that when somebody is very active or upregulated, 
that rather than trying to get them to calm down, you upregulate them more, do something physical to get a dopamine release, Mm. which then makes it easier to downregulate. But some people can't downregulate easy because they haven't had that dopamine release. Mm. And you're trying to like hold them down and get them to be still or be like, could you just sit still for a moment? When maybe what the the more creative step would be is to get them to do something really active, get the dopamine release. So then it's easier for them to calm down. So one thing that we do before bath time now is that we'll go into my bedroom and I'll wrestle with the kids. Oh, fun. Yeah. And sometimes I don't want to, but then like I have this micro narrative with myself about, well, what does the dad that I want to be, what would he do in this moment? Or like, Mm. if I really want them to move into sleep more seamlessly, Mm -hmm. I need to do this thing probably as a Mm -hmm. way to get that to happen more smoothly. So I don't, I just, some days I don't want to go and wrestle at like six o'clock at night or six 30. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Cause I know that that's going to be something that helps them in the Mm. long run. So sometimes when I'm dealing with clients who come in, kids and adults, and they both got a bunch of like unused energy sort of stored in them, I'll get them to do a movement practice. Mm. And, and that, that can be a really nice way to settle down their nervous system or at least get them like get that dopamine release so that they can kind of like downregulate at least a little bit mm. before we start, like before I start hitting them with like heavy information. Because mm. right? if somebody's already overstimulated or they've got a bunch of pent up energy, how easy are they going to be able to focus on what I want them to focus on? Yeah, not. And so if I can get their nervous system to do something that more easily allows them to pay attention, I'm going to go there first. Mm. Right. And this is something that I do with myself too. It's like, if there's a day when I go to sit down to meditate and my mind is going crazy, I might grab a kettlebell and swing it around for a bit or like do some, I know most people don't like burpees, but I like burpees. (laughs) And so I like, I might do some burpees before I sit just as a way to get the dopamine release, get out some of the pent up energy so that it's easier Mm. to focus in the long term, as opposed to these like short little bursts of attention after I, like I, after I've been yelled at or something like that. Right. (laughs) Cause if you yell at a kid, they're going to be like, Oh, I don't like being yelled at. And they'll pay attention for like two seconds. Sure. But then once the two seconds is up, they're back into that over-energetic state, right? Right. So, yeah, that's one thing I do. That is so helpful. Yeah. That is so helpful. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate that on so many levels. One, my son, as yours, is, is doing remote learning. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we know is he's very low energy in the, in the afternoons, but he doesn't have that outside recess you know, screaming around the playground with his friends kind of burst, which, and he's an active little boy. Mm-hmm. And there are just days where it's like, oh, I just, I don't want to go. I'll just make him go for a walk and we'll run around Victoria Park. Well, he'll run around Victoria Park <laughs> while I walk behind him. But it's, it's so important to have that, that release. And then yeah. he can come back for that, for, you know, for the afternoon session. Mm-hmm. And then, and then yeah. I'm also thinking about my students that come into their lessons and, you know, you either have the low energy kids, you know, or you have the, the, the pent up energy kids. And this is very helpful for strategies and just realizing that warm ups, choosing warm ups for your students really has to do with being mindful and seeing where they're at in the moment. Yeah. And that's key. Like meet them where they're at, not where right. you want them to be at. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. And like, 
And I think it's also like one thing that I was just thinking about when we were talking about this is to think about how, like when, let's say you go see a pop star on stage, like let's say it's Justin Timberlake or like back in the day, it was like the Backstreet Boys or when I was a kid, it was MKOTB. (laughs) And, And like how much movement they do on stage oh. while they're singing. Obviously some of it's overdubbed, like the whole Britney Spears fiasco and like right, SNL, right. like back in the day. Sure. <laughs> but how it's like, I think a lot of the times when we're teaching kids, we have this sort of old paradigm idea that everything needs to be done in a place of stillness. Mm. And so even mm. if we look at the, like the choral singers that hold their hands like uh, this and they're still, yes, is that stillness and singing are not, always going hand in hand that sometimes like it would be totally fine for me if I was a vocal teacher, if for the first five minutes or so, a kid ran around the room and sang a song at the same time (laughs) or like tried to do their favorite dance moves. And we're singing a song at the same time, just so that you could one, you could link the two of them together and Mm -hmm. you could start to create the context that singing isn't about being still. Mm -hmm. And here's a bunch of different ways that we see it. Like we see Justin Timberlake or, I don't know who, whoever else, well, like any, all these K-pop bands. Well, musical they're theater, all like dancing and singing at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and that those two can go hand in hand, and that that might be a great warm-up tool. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's be silly and sing a song at the same time, and then we'll come back to a place of more like stillness and seriousness to work on some technique. I love it. I love it, Steve. You always bring such great insight and strategies into. Um, into our practices. I can't thank you enough. And of course, we will have you back and we will discuss other mindful and and movement uh, topics. But thank you so much for your time. I'm going to put links on our podcast page and in the show notes to your information. And, yeah. and thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I like I I can't say that enough. Is that one? I love you as a human being. Um, so so there's that. I always love doing podcasts and interviews with people that I actually really know and like. Um, but it's just always good to hear your voice. And yeah, oh, it's great to see to, you. It's always great to see you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. A very special thank you and a huge virtual hug to all my wonderful podcast guests, Nancy Boz, to Kenya Battle, and Steve Farrell, my friends and colleagues. Full Voice Music is here to make teaching easier for you. If you are looking for fun and educational materials for your teaching studio, please check our website. We have lots of free resources and you can find free samples of all of our resources to try out with your students and see if they're a good fit. Now, for those of you on Instagram, please make sure to find and follow me at The Full Voice. I share lesson plans fun teaching games. I sing new songs and give you great ideas for lots and lots of fun in your teaching studio. And you know what I love about Instagram, I find Instagram to be a friendly social. I love seeing what you're doing in your studio too. So I love when teachers share uh, the fun and, and the progress of their students on Instagram. I think it's just such a wonderful community. So I hope that I will see you on IG. As always, my friend, my colleague, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing.
made by Canoe Music Productions.